0: Hey everybody, Jeremy Markovich here. Two quick notes before we get going. First, this podcast has a new home. It's now part of the North Carolina Rabbit Hole, which you can find at ncrabbithole.com. There you can check out previous episodes of Away Message, you can find any new episodes that we're putting out, and if you like this podcast, I think, no guarantees, but I think you will like my weekly newsletter. It is about weird North Carolina stuff comes out every thursday it is free if you want it to be and you can sign up at ncrabbithole.com second this episode was produced during my time at our state magazine now i happen to think that most of it still holds up but some of the promo codes and websites that i mention may no longer work okay here's the show When I was talking to some guys playing dominoes on Knott's Island up in the northeast corner of North Carolina, a guy named William Byrd kept coming up in conversation. If Byrd had to put the line where it was supposed to be, we'd be in Virginia. What he's saying is the North Carolina-Virginia border should have been a little bit south of where it is now. And one of the guys in charge of drawing that line, back in the 18th century, a guy named William Byrd. And people who lived near the Great Dismal Swamp They also know about Byrd.
1: A man by the last name of Byrd, he was instrumental in surveying the the boundary between North Carolina
0: and Virginia. And that was a story within itself. It really is a story in itself. So to find out more, I went to Chapel Hill. Uh, Are you a UNC student? I am not. Okay. Where I met two men inside a small room in the Wilson Library at the University of North Carolina.
1: Uh, William Byrd kept a diary and, and it's fascinating reading.
0: That is Bob Anthony the curator of the North Carolina collection.
1: He was very um, dismissive and condescending to North North Carolinians. He thought we were just um, uncouth and what have you, and a lot of drinking going on.
0: Here's a quote from Byrd himself. The inhabitants of North Carolina devour so much swine's flesh that it fills them full of gross humors, end quote. I mean, we do like our barbecue. Anyway, the thing to take away from all of this is that, back in 1728, running a straight line across the land was really, really tough. Byrd talks about razor-sharp grasses, bamboo briars, quagmires, 12-foot-high reeds, fallen cypress trees, all sorts of stuff. And then, he gets to the Great Dismal Swamp. Basically, according to Jay Lester, a co-founder of the William P. Cumming Map Society, commissioners were the leaders of the expedition.
2: All the commissioners and everything—they—they they went around the swamp. They just left a couple of surveyors the task of actually going through the swamp.
0: They made they, <laughs> they made the grunts do the dirty work, and like we're gonna, you guys go have a good time, get eaten by mosquitoes and get wet, and uh, we're we're gonna we'll meet you on the other side. Exactly. And here's the amazing thing about all of this: despite the primitive equipment, despite the booze and the insects and the sinking ground and the sharp grass. Bird and the people who came after him pretty much drew a straight line in pretty much the right place. When you look at it on the map, there is only one little course correction where the line hits the Chawan River and runs south for about a half mile and then runs west again.
1: They were not going to go and resurvey because they would have to um, go through the Dismal Swamp again, and they just went <laughs> absolutely not to do that.
0: Spelling is kind of a, a subjective thing on, on some of these old maps. Yes,
2: very much so. Though.
0: So... Anyway, Bob, Jay, and I are in this small room, and they start getting out these really old maps of North Carolina. Here is a 1585 John White map. On the oldest ones, there are sea monsters, and on others, there are lies.
2: Pelham County on this map actually was lifted off a 1738 map by James Wimble, and he solicited funds to get it published from Thomas Pelham. How do you get funds? Well, you put a big county you're by the name of Pelham on your map. There was never a Pelham County North Carolina, ever.
0: But looking through these maps with Jay and Bob, it occurs to me that at the most basic level, there is one thing that precisely defines who we are as North Carolinians. And you can see it on both the old maps and the new ones. You can talk about how we say, bless your heart, or how we love racing, or lighthouses, or sweet tea, or any other stereotypical thing you can think of. But the one thing we all have in common is that we live inside these borders on the map. Borders that give North Carolina its shape, and if nothing else, its basic identity.
1: Our culture, you know, can also be um, influenced by those political boundaries there, of course, Culture is not restricted to, to state lines. But, good barbecue and, is restricted
2: by state lines.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Jay is saying that good barbecue is restricted by state lines and uh, also within states, though. We But we won't go there. That's another discussion.
0: So today, we're going to take a bunch of trips to take a really close look at our borders, about how the shape of our state was defined really by the remoteness of its territory, about how North Carolina should, in theory, look much different than it actually does and about how the debate over where the border actually is still continues to this day. From our state Magazine, this is A Way Message, a podcast about what you find in hard-to-find places. I'm Jeremy Markovich.
3: In a half mile, turn left.
0: So, I wanted to go to a remote spot that's remote because of the border. So I drove west, as far west as I could get in this state. Oh, it's about two miles off of the main road. This spot is a half hour west of the westernmost town in the state, Murphy. It is 500 miles west of the easternmost point in the state, which is in Rodanthe, North Carolina, on the Outer Banks. This is it. To get there, I actually have to drive into Georgia. Hey, how are you? A lot of waves, it. It is. And there, about 20 feet from the Georgia-North Carolina border, I meet A.D. Patterson and his wife Shirley. Give
1: me a hug anyway, then. Yeah. You're <laughs> a
4: nice-looking guy. Oh, thank you. you really yeah. are.
0: And to oh, give you boy. a little idea of where we are, I am in a valley surrounded by green hills. There's a little wooden house that A.D. built by himself back in 1951. There's some barbed wire fencing, an old beat-up Ford F-150, and across the road, a pasture full of cows. Those are North Carolina cows. Uh-huh. Yeah.
3: they supposed to be, here
0: yeah. And then we got some Georgia cows out here. Eighty mm-hmm. cranks up the pickup truck. And we set off on a much shorter drive.
3: I'll keep this gate closed on until my cows to get out.
0: Oh, yeah. To a point about 600 feet from the road.
3: Now we'll just walk right straight out here to the line.
0: For the last little bit, we get out and walk to the edge of some woods, underneath some pines and hickory trees, the ground is grassy and uneven.
3: You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm about that, huh, my foot in that pine knot.
0: And then we arrive at the spot where two fences meet. That's right there. That's it.
3: That's it, right in Oh, look at that. See that brash thing? Yeah. That's it. So That's
0: this it. is the corner. North Carolina. And here I am standing on the westernmost point of North Carolina
3: in three states right here north carolina tennessee and north georgia that that's how real simply
0: it is. yeah i put my put my foot on here so yeah so literally my 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 big toe is in georgia my little my little toe is in tennessee my heel north carolina. go heels there's a little brass disc that marks the exact spot where Tennessee, Georgia, and North Carolina meet. A.D. has actually painted a rock showing which state is where. Otherwise, you can't really tell which is which. Admittedly, though, there's not much else here. So, so who comes out here and sees this other than me? Everybody. They come in
3: here by flocks, buses and motorcycles. But, that's, they, 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 but this, in the last few years, has got interesting to people. Used to just... Like an old dead trip here in the forest. Nobody knows where he's at. Nobody gives a hoot. That's yeah, up there. They come up here and couldn't find it. They come from everywhere.
0: A.D. tells me about the guy who works for NASA in Pasadena, California.
3: Pasadena, California. And he was a, dang, what was his name?
0: He's come here more than a dozen times. He even sends the Pattersons Christmas cards. So how often do people actually come up here and check on this? Or come and knock on your door or whatever? There's somebody here
3: about... Uh, at least twice a week, once a week,
0: be a, two or three. Huh. And usually, so once a
3: week somebody comes to look at this? Yeah, they come down in here and come through
0: here. This is a tripoint, and one of only 39 places in the country where three or more states touch. And there are people who have gone to every single one. It's kind of like checking off a checklist. So people come up here all the time, and they, do you ever ask them why they want to come
3: here? They just want to see what it is and see the, the area, you know. It's sort of like a curiosity of the cat. read so much about it, hear so much, till they want to come and see the corner.
0: Uh-huh. But
3: you, you see what they to see. It's all right.
0: But are they happy when they leave? Or are they a little oh, like, oh, that right. was it?
3: Oh, yeah, they they just happy as a bird in a little dry house.
0: Most of them are people like me. They just want to see it in person, take pictures, say they were there, make dumb jokes. Do you ever think of just, you know, if you're standing out here in North Carolina, that everybody in North Carolina is behind you? Yeah. A.D. and Shirley invite me into their house on the Georgia side of the line and give me some water, which came from a spring on the North Carolina side of the line. And before I go, it hits me. The westernmost piece of property in North Carolina is not owned by a North Carolinian.
3: I'm 78-year-old and I've lived in Fanny County, born in Fanny County. So,
0: so you, you're, you consider yourself a Georgian then?
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just a, a Georgie raised up on a farm.
0: It's kind of funny that the westernmost part of North Carolina is actually owned by a Georgian.
3: Yeah, that's, that's true.
0: So that is where the westernmost point in North Carolina is today. But according to Bob Anthony, it used to be much, much further west.
1: If you took the colonial charters, literally, the Carolina colony and then eventually North Carolina would have extended all the way to the Pacific Ocean.
0: It didn't make it that far, but it did extend all the way to the Mississippi River. Until in 1789, as North Carolina became a state, it gave up the land that today is the state of Tennessee. Jay Lester says there's a good reason
2: pay for the Revolutionary War it was, I think, the main reason they, they, that the states gave land. The states did not have any cash to give to the government, so they gave land.
0: If a state's too large, you just can't really govern right. back in that day.
1: Yeah. And, and communications, you know, would have been very difficult, it would have been, compared to what we have today, you could communicate much more easily with England than you could sometimes between the colonies.
0: After North Carolina gives up the land, surveyors have to draw a new state border. So they set off from the Virginia state line, hop from mountaintop to mountaintop.
2: It does follow the ridgeline uh, in a lot of places.
0: And keep going southwest until about 19 miles from the Georgia border, the surveyors decide not to follow instructions and just drew a straight line, pretty much to the south. The
2: legend uh, is that they ran out of whiskey, uh, but, but there's, I've not been able to find any primary source that explains why they did that. They may have been out of food, I don't
0: know. And they finally stopped on that spot that is now marked by a disc in the woods near A.D. Patterson's Farm.
3: But you've seen toward the last piece of property in North Carolina.
0: To this point, we've explained how the Virginia border came to be, along with the Tennessee state line, but the South Carolina border, that is a whole other story. It looks nothing like it was supposed to look, and a dispute over where the state line actually is was only settled this year with several people who thought they lived in one state now actually living in another we'll explain how it all happened when we come back so um i am at the lake wiley mini mart which is just a bp station right here on the North Carolina-South Carolina line and uh, there's a lot of cars and trucks going by. So the next part of this story takes us to a gas station that is not too far west of Charlotte. There is a welcome to North Carolina state line sign that's very prominent and I also see state line road and what I'm looking for now is any kind of marker on the ground or something that shows me uh, what state I am currently in, Um, because I am not 100% sure. Okay, I totally understand that borders are actually invisible, but here, something strange has happened. The state line in this spot is not where most people thought it was. In fact, the sign that marks the state line now marks the wrong spot. Road crews hadn't moved it yet, so that much I knew. What I didn't know and what everybody else I met here didn't know, is exactly where the state line is today. Tell me your name again. Vladimir Lynch. What you got cooking today? Uh, I got some
4: chicken wings, and, uh, a few ribs, and um, a little bit of pork. It
0: smells good. Thank you. So you are in North Carolina right now. Yes, sir. I, I mean, as far as I no, I, I, I assume we're in South Carolina. Yeah, we're in South Carolina. That little, that little um, straightaway right there. Yeah, I think that's where the line ends and begins for north and south. Uh, Wait, it it did, and then it moved. Okay. Well, see, I I don't know anything about that. You know what I'm saying? I I, I never knew that.
1: I don't know. I know that I live in this neighborhood, and half of the neighborhood is North Carolina now, and half of it is South Carolina. Oh yeah. And this store now is now North Carolina.
0: Yeah. But nobody knows where the line is exactly.
1: Um, not that I know of. What do you want to know?
0: What do I want to know? I want to know where it is. State line? Yeah. You you
1: in state line?
0: I'm on the state line, but where? Like, where is the actual line? I, 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 I'm like you. I'm like lost on that. I mean, everybody at this gas station seems to be talking about it. What were you just talking about? About the, uh, the line that come
2: through here, the north line, the line south line. I'm sitting out here trying to figure it out?
3: Figure it out?
0: I'm not getting any straight answers. So I call for backup. And that call goes to voicemail.
2: Sorry, Gary help is not available.
0: But no worries. A week later, I actually meet Gary in person.
2: I'm Gary Thompson. I'm a chief of the North Carolina uh, GEDEC Survey, and I'm also the chair of the North Carolina Boundary Commission.
0: And he clears something up for me. The state line, he says, didn't actually move. The North Carolina Constitution actually states that the border cannot move. But it was just that, for years, people thought the border was in a place where it wasn't supposed to be. I keep on hearing you say the word reestablish and not move. So why do you choose the word reestablish?
2: establish uh, Because by, by law, um, our job was to put the boundary back where its original location.
0: So to know why there's confusion over this, you have to know about how the border between the Carolinas was originally drawn.
4: Up until the la- the 1990s, most of the North and South Carolina border was still in incredibly remote places.
0: That is Steve Kelly, a former American diplomat who is now a visiting professor at Duke University and teaches a class on borders. Basically, the North and South Carolina border was supposed to be simple. King George II decreed that the border was to start 30 miles west of the mouth of the Cape Fear River and go up northwest to the 35th parallel. And there, it was just supposed to run due west. The instructions were easy. The work was not
4: and when you read the journals of the people who drew the original line coming up from the coast they complained about the swamps and the bugs and the terrible hardships that they
0: had to go through and even though it was really hard work everything was going just fine until
4: the problems that occurred for the rest of the border occurred because these guys didn't do their job right and the key part is when they finished their work They planted a stake in the ground and said this is the 35th parallel, which is what they were supposed to reach. Unfortunately, they were 13 miles south.
0: The mistakes just keep coming.
4: The King of England must have known something was wrong because when another party came out 40 years later to continue the work, they had explicit instructions to make sure you're at the 35th parallel and then head due west. Well, the group found the original stake, which was 13 miles too far south, But they headed west anyway from that point, effectively shaving off about 400,000 acres of what was supposed to be uh, South Carolina and giving it to North Carolina.
0: This is why it's important to double-check your work, I guess.
4: Absolutely. (laughs) Measure twice, cut once.
0: When the next survey crew gets out there, they run the line around an Indian reservation that's just south of modern-day Charlotte. That's why there are some strange twists and turns in the border there. Then they go up the Catawba River, and start heading due west again, this time to the north of the 35th parallel. This is to give South Carolina some of the land back that it should have gotten in the first place. But there is another problem. The iron deposits in the area throw off the compasses. And so the line that was supposed to run due west actually skews a little bit north. So, in
4: summary... You look at a map of that boundary, what was supposed to be two straight lines, zigs and zags and... It doesn't go due east because of a magnetic field around
0: Charlotte. The reaction? Well, everybody just accepted the line. Because, I mean, nobody really lived out in that area anyway.
4: The remoteness of the territory was definitely a contributing factor to the original problems. That said, eh, it was remote. So, you know, if the border wasn't exactly where it was supposed to be, uh, you know, who cared? There's a lot of land. This is America. There's a lot of land out there.
0: But even though people knew, in general, where the state line was, as time passed, it became harder to know exactly where it was.
4: Because the border, the 334-mile boundary with South Carolina, essentially disappeared over a period of more than 100 years. When it was originally marked, it was marked on trees. They all died, and in essence, the boundary disappeared.
0: Back in the day, no big deal. If nobody really lives out near the border, who really cares if it's off by a couple dozen or even a hundred or so feet?
4: The problems only really became acute as development around Charlotte proceeded and Mecklenburg County. And now if you're drawing, you're doing the plat maps for uh, a new development, it matters where the border is exactly. In
0: 1994, rather than fight about it, as other states have, North and South Carolina agreed to try and figure out exactly where the line was supposed to go. And then you have to go out there and and be a detective in some ways to figure it out.
2: Yeah, that's a good word. Detective, investigator, uh, researcher. Gary and his team
0: dug up old maps. A land grant. Looked for rocks. There were some stones we had to find. Read through historical records. We had a map. And slowly figured out where the line was originally supposed to go. It's not exactly a straight line. It slightly zigs and zags between where the trees and the rocks used to be. And in the end, Gary's team found that in some places. Is that still accurate going through Carowinds? It is. The border was exactly where people thought it was.
4: Most of south of the border is south of the border. That would have been funny if that had turned out to be somewhere
0: else. I'm sure that's a relief to the south <laughs> to of the border. Anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In other spots, the line was not where people had thought it was for decades. Angie Engle thought her home was in South Carolina, but when the border was reestablished, it cut right through the middle of her house. I think my side of the bed's South Carolina, his side of the bed's North Carolina. The boy, my children sleep in North Carolina. I think all of our bathrooms are in North Carolina, our kitchen's in South Carolina. It is really right down the middle of the house. This determines a lot of things. Taxes. Who comes when you call 911. Schools. Angie and her kids heard that where you go to school actually depends on where you sleep at night. Well, if we do have to start moving to, like, North Carolina schools and everything, Mom said we're going to have to move our bedrooms, like, down to that end, like, or I'll be sleeping on the couch. And that gas station that everybody thought was in South Carolina, turns out it's actually in North Carolina, which is huge. Why'd you come down from Gastonia?
3: To get gas.
0: The people who drive here to get cheaper gas would stop coming. Because it's, it's about how much cheaper from uh, than it is up in Gastonia.
3: 20 cents.
0: The state of North Carolina passed a law that says gas stations that end up switching states can still charge the lower prices. So the prices here aren't actually going to go up. Still, more than a dozen houses that had been considered to be in South Carolina became part of North Carolina. And on January 1st, 2017, 23 years after they started, the border between the Carolinas was set, this time for good. All of this, says Steve Kelly, points out one thing, that borders really are a very human creation.
4: What I love about this North and South Carolina case is it shows how imperfect borders are. We all know intellectually they're imaginary lines, but especially in the discourse of the last decade, maybe since 9-11, suddenly borders have become sacrosanct. It's like they were handed down from God, and, and God forbid that, that it budge uh, a yard here or a yard there. So I think when you look at the actual process of how mankind has gone out there and drawn lines in the sand around the world, these are very temporary things. They are not permanent. They have no more meaning than what we ascribe to them. Borders are the scars of history. But at the end of the day, let's remember, they're still imaginary lines. And when you see how imperfect their creation is, it gives you a slightly more relaxed approach to looking at them today.
0: And that makes me feel better, even if I still can't figure out where the line is. On the next episode of Away Message, uh, well, this is now the part where I usually tell you what's coming up, but the truth is, we actually haven't finished yet. The final episode of the season is ahead, and we are going to try to tie everything all together with one more trip, one that hits very close to home. Stay tuned for that. That is coming up next week.
1: My mind, I was always moving away to a place I imagined that I'd find more of myself, more peace of mind.
0: A lot more. Than away me. message is produced, written, and edited by me, Jeremy Markovich. Our digital manager is Andy Busom. Our music coordinator is Rosalie Catanoso. And our editor in chief is Elizabeth Hudson. Our theme song is by The Collection. Our closing song is Feels Like Home by Aaron Burdett of Saluda, North Carolina. Additional music by Lee Rosefear. A big thank you this week to Amanda Lazarian and the great students at UNC Media Hub for their help gathering some additional interviews for this story. And if you're a cartography geek like me and you want to see some of those old maps we talked about in this episode, we have a link to the Carolina Collection under this episode on our website, away.ourstate.com. This podcast is a production of Our State Magazine, celebrating North Carolina for more than 80 years. If you subscribe to this show and you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the magazine. We'd also appreciate any good reviews, ratings, or vibes you can throw our way as well. And one more thing. When you're out looking at the westernmost cows in North Carolina, it's really hard to speak their language. Mm. Apparently saying moo to a cow does not get the cow to move back. let learned. We're heading back out to one more remote part of North Carolina. We'll see you again right here next Thursday.